0: and welcome back to the show. Today we have something quite different. It's certainly quite different for me. On June 8th we are launching Inside Outsourcing. It is a book dedicated to shining a light on outsourcing and the seismic shift towards remote work, offshore staffing and global employment. The official title of the book is Inside Outsourcing How Remote Work, Outsourcing and Global Employment is Changing the World. This book is the culmination of about four years work for me. And it is also the culmination of my 20 years experience in business and 12 years in outsourcing and nine years living in Manila in the Philippines, which is the heart of the outsourcing industry global industry outsourcing and offshore staffing is really seeing a boom at the moment obviously we had covid and with that came dramatic changes in the way that we work also with technology enabling remote work we have had a massive shift from office-based work to work from home and global employment obviously with the economic pressures of COVID and now potentially a recession as well, everyone is looking towards offshore staffing services. In the wake of COVID, we have obviously had the great resignation. We have had soaring salary costs, and also massive skills shortages across the world. Businesses have literally been suffering or strangulated from the lack of staffing available to grow and run their businesses. Also, the concept of general globalization now is just so normalized in society. All of us buy foreign-made cars, electronics, toys, clothes, food, uh, that a globalized network now is the default for most of us. And in fact, if a country, community or society wanted to act independently, then it is almost impossible. We are now living in a globally networked world. And one of the later, latter entrants to that market is staffing services. But now with technology and this move, recent move towards remote work, offshore staffing is becoming ubiquitous. It is moving from a kooky outlier to a default option for some businesses. And eventually, I believe that for most businesses, outsourcing will be a normal mix of their employment strategy and solution. It's for these reasons that I really wanted to write this book, Inside Outsourcing. It is, I suppose, a guide for those that are unfamiliar to outsourcing. And it is, it helps them understand the concept of what offshore staffing is and then how they can implement it into their business. However, even if you are in the industry or all too aware of outsourcing or even do it yourself or are an expert yourself, there's still, I believe, a lot of value in the book for you. I spend probably a third of the book really zooming out of uh, the situation and also going back in time and exploring the concept of I suppose, humanity and communication and business and networks and innovation and try to tie all of those things together to give people a, a perspective of what outsourcing is or should I say global employment. And I suppose one of my major points in the book is that outsourcing really isn't anything special except that it is the continuation of the evolution of mankind, really. And it is really just, I, that sounds super grandiose, but really it is just a continuation of humanity becoming increasingly networked. Once people understand that concept of networking and globalization, then I think offshoring or outsourcing is more normalized. It's It's not such a foreign concept the core concept of offshoring or outsourcing or globalized employment is really just standard employment, except it is on a global scale. And now with the technological tools in place and also the changing habits of remote staffing, that is increasingly accessible and increasingly normalized. So anyway, we are launching inside Outsourcing this Wednesday June 8. I would love for all of you to support me and also support outsourcing and buy this book uh, and share this book. It's really my mission to shine a light on outsourcing and also shine a light on the incredible capabilities Of Filipino professionals but also global professionals around the world. All too often the outsourcing professionals and staffing and things like that are looked down upon. They come from developing nations and they aren't given the credit that they deserve. So I hope this book also shines a light on the incredible capabilities of the emerging economies. So I ask all of you to at least consider purchasing this book uh, and ideally gifting this book as well and sharing it around your community. Also, I would love any feedback you have on this book. And of course, if any of you want to chat about it or chat about outsourcing, please, of course, get in touch. Inside Outsourcing is available pretty much anywhere that you buy your books. Of course, you can go to our website. You can go to basically anywhere on our website and you're likely to see a banner for inside outsourcing the book and that will take you to the sales page. Also, you can go to Amazon and buy the book there as well. Amazon in any country. The book is available in paperback and Kindle and ebook and also in audible or audio. So it's every every version. Uh, and I encourage you to have a listen or have a read. For this episode, I thought I would share the first chapter, which is actually just the introduction to the book. It's just a taster, it's just an introduction, and I would love your feedback. As I said, this book has been in production now for about four years. I have been working on this for about four years. So I am so excited to get this published and get this out into the world. So let me know what you think. And of course, if you are interested in the book, it is available on Amazon and of course, our website. You can go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash inside outsourcing or just go to our website and you'll see it there. Enjoy. Introduction, a wild ride. I arrived late into the night, jostled throngs of passengers and edged my way through the shabby customs counters. Emerging from a long 10 hour flight, I found myself in an unmistakably developing world airport. After collecting my suitcase from the mucky luggage belt, I pushed through the arrival hall crowds, strode through the sliding doors into thick humid air and jumped into a rickety old cab. It was 2011 and the first time I had ever set foot in the Philippines. Just two years before, I hadn't even heard of the country. As my hastily matched cab driver drove us off into the heavy darkness, I contemplated our destination. I was in Manila, a city of almost 20 million people, where every inch of space was competed for by bustling crowds, indignant traffic, street side stalls, pollution, smoke and noise. We were driving towards a place called Eastwood, which I only knew by name and nothing else. My cab driver was wire-framed and ruddy, with a grimy red taxi-issue t-shirt. It was so worn and blackened that he looked more mechanic than driver. He was completely disinterested in me, but spoke good English, which was at least a little reassuring. We had little to talk about, though, as he negotiated his way through the dimly lit metropolis. As we zoomed away from the airport's familiarity towards the unknown, I soon realized that my driver and I had only one thing in common. Neither of us knew where we were going. My knowledge of the Philippines, its people, and culture was almost zero. I had had an employee working for me for the last year from something called a BPO, based in the country I now find myself in. She wasn't strictly my employee, and I really didn't know anything about it, but she did work for me. I had no idea what a BPO was, but I was just about to get an education. The impromptu taxi adventure had us exploring the city's blackened streets, back alleys and frenetic highways. Most were tightly lined with ad hoc convenience stores, karaoke bars and tyre repair shops all perching on the curbside like tracks on a pinball machine. I knew that I was an early adopter of outsourcing, but at that moment I felt more like a dodgy drug dealer about to make a drop. The whole experience caused a wary unease. There was nothing explicitly menacing, but it was very different. This was no Kansas City Toto. I was instinctively on edge and ready for fight or flight. After appeals for help from pedestrians, store owners and tricycle drivers, the driver gradually made his way to our destination. Manila is a huge city with numerous distributed centers across the metro. Eastwood is one of those recently built business districts quickly thrown up in a knee jerk response to the early explosive years of BPO growth. Driving into Eastwood off the chaotic highway was like entering a kooky Hollywood movie set. It felt like a cross between an outdoor shopping mall, The Truman Show, and Universal Studios with a touch of Bollywood panache. High density, intense, and upbeat. The area, no bigger than a few football fields in size, had dozens of looming modern towers packed tightly together, shooting fifty stories up into the sky. It was late at night, but there were thousands of people busily doing their thing. Hundreds of offices, restaurants, bars and shops were crammed into a handful of indoor and outdoor malls and up into the high-rises above. As we approached the hotel's lobby, I straightened up and prepared for the new dimension I was about to enter. What was I doing here? I might be a frontier businessman, but this seemed a little ridiculous. If you had told me then that just three years later, the Philippines would become my adopted country, that I would settle, fall in love with a Brazilian fintech CFO, and eventually adopt a dog, and get married here, I would have fallen out of my chair, or even out of the rickety cab. But for now, I was here to learn about the world of outsourcing. HUMBLE BEGINNINGS In 1975, the Homebrew Computer Club was an obscure meet-up for outcast geeks dabbling in a niche hobby. It was written off by most as thoroughly uncool or, at best, completely unremarkable. However, its members were passionate about a technological movement that would dominate the world for the next half a century and beyond. Unbeknownst to the members, their nerdy personal computing pastime would spawn the technology, software, and internet revolution that would go on, to borrow a phrase from Mark Andreessen, to eat the world. Based in an otherwise small sleepy town, Homebrew Club's influence transformed an unassuming Menlo Park into the epicenter of the Silicon Valley zeitgeist and ground zero for the world's technological metamorphosis. Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak and Bill Gates were members, as were numerous other Silicon Valley luminaries such as Harry Garland and Roger Mellon of Cromemco. Paul Terrell, Repco co Co-Founder, Todd Fisher of Fisher Freitas Company, George Morrow of Morrow Designs, and Adam Osborne of Osborne Computer. No one could ever envisage the power and potential that computers and computing power would have had on the world. But that's not necessarily surprising. It turns out that humanity is bad at foreseeing trends. History is littered with now hilarious ill-fated predictions cast by the leading experts at the time. In 1943, Thomas Watson, president of IBM, pronounced, quote, I think there is a world market for maybe five computers. In 1949, Popular Mechanics magazine predicted that, quote, computers in the future may weigh no more than 1.5 tons. In 1977, quote, there is no reason anyone would want a computer in their home. Ken Olson, founder of Digital Equipment Corporation, a predecessor of Compaq. In 1989, Bill Gates of Microsoft proclaimed, we will never make a 32-bit operating system. In 1992, quote, the idea of a personal communicator in every pocket is a pipe dream driven by greed. Andy Grove, CEO of Intel. In 1995, quote, I predict the internet will soon go spectacularly supernova and in 1996 catastrophically collapse. Robert Metcalf, inventor of Ethernet. 2007. Quote, there's no chance that the iPhone is going to get any significant market share. Steve Ballmer, Microsoft CEO. And it has never really been any different. 1876. Quote, the Americans have need of the telephone, but we do not. We have plenty of messenger boys. Sir William Priest, Chief Engineer, British Post Office. 1903, quote, The horse is here to stay, but the automobile is only a novelty, a fad. President of the Michigan Savings Bank advising Henry Ford's lawyer. 1946, quote, Television, won't be able to hold on to any market that it captures after the first six months. People will soon get tired of staring at a plywood box every night. Daryl Zanuck, co-founder of 20th Century Fox. It seems that people tend to dramatically underestimate the capabilities and likely impact of things that have not yet emerged. Which is completely understandable. No one knows what they don't yet know. Prior to the motorcar, cities relied on horse-drawn carriages to get around. As populations grew, experts predicted that cities would become buried under towering piles of steaming horse manure in just a few short years. No one had seen the motor car coming, but it did come, and quickly nullified the mounting manure dilemma. As Steve Jobs says, You can only connect the dots looking backward. From the early days of the homebrew computer club, computer technology and its far-reaching applications have created seismic shifts in the way that society functions. We now treat miraculous technology like email, video calls, Google Earth, Uber, smartphones, e-commerce, social media and websites as normal. Only 20 years ago, these things would have been firmly in the realm of magic. Things are slow to change. Habits die hard. But unquestionably, change is underway. As the world transitions from a physical economy to bits and bytes, it is functionally shrinking every day. Trade borders are vanishing, cultures are homogenizing, and it no longer matters where you're sitting when working, shopping, or socializing. Humanity is quickly moving from an infinite number of small, isolated silos, defined by geographical locations such as homes, offices, suburbs, towns, cities, and countries, towards a singular global community interfaced by a laptop and an internet connection. This new global forum is where we all increasingly shop for clothes, buy food, build friendships, find dates, book taxis, reminisce with old friends, and binge watch our favorite shows. And it will soon be the place we all go to hire our employees. The remote work culture distributed workforces, online economy, digital nomads and offshore staffing are all a bit fringe right now. Some people understand and embrace the concept, but the majority still see it as a kooky alternative to the mainstream, just like a computer club in the 70s. With the COVID pandemic, the world has faced unprecedented change over the last couple of years it has forced people to adopt a physically segregated life and push them towards an immersive digital reality online. Only a few short years ago, remote work, work from home and distributed workforces were a fanciful pipe dream. Now, with pandemic-induced new normals and with technology doing its part in enabling such realities, the old way of physical confinement to a single geographical market has gone forever. The strongly visible trend lines of technology, globalization and online work suggest that the next 10 to 20 years will see a complete switch from localized jobs to a globalized workforce. The new wave of globalized employment is resetting the labor cost equilibrium and redistributing access and opportunity. With easy access to a worldwide pool of labor, it is becoming normal to contemplate hiring an accountant in New York for $6,000 per month or an equally qualified one in Manila for $600. No one would have thought that the Homebrew Computer Club would have ignited a world movement. At the time, it was just an obscure passion project for a few nerds. And the same is true for globalized employment. The offshore staffing industry started 30 years ago and is the early progenitor of this new way of working. Like many things, it took a long time to get initial traction and recognition. But like a snowball... It has been building size, sophistication, and momentum ever since. With the advent of better technology to support global working, it is gradually reaching an inevitable tipping point where the world's workforce amalgamate into a single talent pool. This is outsourcing, and it is the brave new world of a single global economy. Despite global employment being here and now, most companies are as yet unaware of it or circumspect of its efficacy. Despite powering 99% of the Fortune 500, outsourcing faces strong headwinds of controversy and quality complaints which dissuade most small and medium-sized businesses from starting. For the most part, there is a huge knowledge, comfort, and culture gap on the topic, while for many business owners, the concept of hiring someone far, far away is still a little too weird. I want to help you close these gaps over the following chapters. It is not essential for a business to outsource yet, but outsourcing is now so powerful that it cannot be ignored. It is important to make an informed decision on its applicability to your business. The single global economy is fast approaching. It's fine to opt out, but it's likely that your competitors will not. This book is split into four parts, where we work from broad concepts to higher level theory and eventually down into actionable tactics and takeaways. First, part one charts the progress of human cooperation and globalization. Part two introduces outsourcing in concept. Part three dives into the specifics of the 30-year-old offshore industry. And part four takes a deeper look at outsourcing in practice, offering some clear, actionable guidelines for getting started and optimizing your own offshore team. Global employment can give you access to deep talent pools of highly capable staff for a 70% discount. It is, without doubt, the single most powerful tool available in businesses today. I hope this book will help people become a little more educated and aware of the opportunities and possible downsides that outsourcing brings. Okay, that was Inside Outsourcing the Book. Hope you enjoyed that introductory chapter. And of course, if you're interested in learning more about the book, you can of course go to the show notes, which is at outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Of course, go anywhere on our website and you will see banners for the book and the sales page. And you can also go and buy the book from Amazon. Just search it in Amazon or even just Google it. You should find the book. So thank you so much. And let me have any feedback or thoughts you have on it.